Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and now powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You all have to buy tires from somebody, from somewhere. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for another incredible family and friends episode. Today we have the the great A.J. Barker back in the studio with us, which is long awaited, and, and we're happy to have A.J. back in the studio. Welcome back, A.J. I appreciate you being here today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Excited yeah. for the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And um, we we talked, we're going to go into a couple of things today. Definitely want to get to the Trump indictment, this latest Trump indictment. Because in our last episode, you had a very, very uh, spot on take that the escalation of tyranny would end up here and that eventually these these leftists and these 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 people who um, who are trying to take Trump out will actually escalate it beyond well beyond reason. Not that it wasn't well beyond reason with the first three indictments or with anything that they've done, but that the escalation will just continue. And uh, I think this last indictment surely shows that with a potential of uh, 600 something odd something years. Th- let's just call it a thousand. Yeah. Let's just let's just make it a nice round number. Call it a thousand. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I love when Alex Jones, <laughs> Alex Jones says, uh, just make a quadrillion dollars. Doesn't matter. Just 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 sue me for, well, you know, yeah. a g- gazillion. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the same thing here with Donald Trump, although uh, suing somebody for for monetary compensation and, and, and actual uh, uh years of imprisonment is, is significantly different, partially because once you get into, uh, once you get into, you know, criminal penalty and, and, and the law and the maximums and minimums, um, there's a, there's a lot of problems with our justice system there already where, you know, you could easily, you could easily be in the right court at the right time with the right p- prosecutor and the right set of circumstances and, and have a number of years tacked onto your sentence just from, that set of, you know, that judges. whatever's going on in that one yeah. particular place, which I think is, is a big problem. And then the other way, you know, you could say, well, if there's too much nuance, then, you know, and we don't go by a strict uh, set of guidelines and it's no longer the rule of law and it's kind of a banana, banana republic anyway. Nonetheless, you had a great take that the escalation would get to this point and that eventually the, the left would just gap out and try and just kill him, right? Take him out. Roughly. Roughly. Yeah. yeah, And well, again, I think what's funny is Mm -hmm. we were using, again, Alex Jones as the precedent where he gets sued Mm -hmm. for one and a half billion dollars. And so we go, I mean, who's stopping these guys from, you know, bringing 300, 400 years against Trump? And I thought that the 300 to 400 years was the extravagant extreme, (laughs) the equivalent of the (laughs) 1.5 billion. I think we said the same thing. Like, why not just sue someone for a trillion dollars at that point, a quadrillion dollars at that point. But this is the same thing. I mean, yeah, now they're up to 800 years. We're, we're calling it a thousand and the death penalty. And, you know, some are saying, well, technically the death penalty is off the table, but who knows if they might bring it back on the table. Yeah. And I, I think- mean, the, the, the Department of Justice has said, made a public statement that the death penalty is officially not a part of the scope of potential okay. of potential uh, punishment here. Uh, Just the 800 years. Conviction. Is. Yeah. But, yeah, but <laughs> when you're dealing with people who aren't, abiding by the rule of law who are just going going about it the way they want to in a sort of banana republic style or or a targeted prosecution it, yeah. it nothing's off the table yeah there's nothing's they're, they're the unprincipled individuals so yeah. they don't yeah. nothing's they off the principle. table yeah nothing i mean the, the i think the sticking point 
as as the Department of Justice laid it out, is there would have had to have been some death involved with this conspiracy, with this RICO case or murder uh, in order for the death penalty to be in to be in play. I think that they, they could end up making a case for that. I'll, I'll take your word for it or mm. their word. At I least mean, that's what they said. Who knows? I don't know. It seems like treason is a ca- treason's a capital offense. So if you if you, you know, you know conspiracy against rights, uh, all of the yeah. The most conspicuous thing in the whole Donald Trump indictment is that the day before each indictment, there was some corresponding Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, or other legal matter yeah. that that surfaced that came out in the public or whatever the case may be, there was some other legal thing that that took place of significance. And then the very next day, they bring more charges. And uh, I think it was Rachel Maddow who openly said on MSNBC one night that this was, you know, that that <clears throat> she could see where um, prosecutors or whoever these the powers that be are would be trying to leverage um, uh these indictments against Donald Trump to get him to bow out of, of the candidacy. Right. Uh, and, and that it was, but, but in a very open way, in an unabashed way, like, no, we're going to use the legal system and the, the courts to, to get you to, to bow out of, of running for president. Uh, and th- I mean, we, we, we are no longer living in America. If, if that, that is the case, if that is in fact the case uh, and, and we shouldn't stand for it now, how to go about fighting back against it when an entire society has given such lenience to the the court system and, and the judicial system. That's another question entirely. That's an entirely different conversation. Um, but but the, the the fact remains: we are in a dangerous time um, for anybody who gets in the crosshairs of of the justice system. Much less the most controversial man in the last uh, I don't know hundred years uh, here in America. Um, what, what do you your mo- your mother was a prosecutor? I don't. Can I say yeah. that? Yeah, you come from a family where your mom was a prosecutor right. for a long time, uh, and so you have a so, you know a good a good sense of the law as well and how how the legal system works. Well, how how do we start to walk back from where where, where are the pitfalls and the problems? And it, also, yeah. I want people to know that your work on the utopian prison system, although it may sound strange to some of you now, is actually really good work. Um, if you want to touch on some of that within this context, feel free. But but how do we start to walk back from this banana republic that's that's erected? Yeah, well, th- actually, that's a nice little segue, um, the the utopian prison system thing, because I think part of the the genesis of that idea is that uh, regardless of what we do with legislation and prosecution, if we don't have the punishment that we give them sort of ironed out, then um, it, it's all to naught. And and by ironed out, I don't mean you know you can read the article. We're not talking about the the modern idea of prison reform where prison's just not prison. We're saying that uh, prisons have to hold in tension a balance between punishment and rehabilitation, but not as equal. It's not part A's uh, punishment, part B or something. You know, part A one is punishment, A two is is rehabilitation. It's the primacy is punishment. So you have to have a system that is. Uh, that that punishes, mm-hmm. but with a sort of purpose, uh, a sort of acuteness. Which, by the way, most of historical prisons just kind of did because they put people in sort of solitary confinement, and um, they understood that that's uh, a, the the best way to punish a human person. The sort of the most efficient, and and you can think not even just most efficient, the most effective in the sense that 
the person who uh, was maybe wrongly convicted mm -hmm. will have the, the most peaceful conscience in a solitary setting, right? So yes, it's still horrible anytime an innocent person is punished whatsoever. They'd have the most peaceful, they'd have the most peaceful conscience amongst the people who are in solitary confinement. Yes, correct. It's it's like, it's the best buffer. Not, not relative on a scale of no. peace with people who are free. No, no, no. And, but yeah, no. But also, um, it's just, it's, it's a punishment system that with the human mind, very um, adeptly, by the way, you know, God has created nature, sort of fits itself to the crime and to the individual. It's sort of, in a way adapts to the sort of subjective reality mm. of man uh, really sublimely. But so the, the utopian prison system, for me, the idea was that you have, um, you know, sort of two basic precepts. You have solitary confinement and then you have uh, aesthetic beauty, right? And from there you build out a sort of voluntary, a, a sort of earned participation that can make it sort of socialize as they earn access within the the prison community mm -hmm. to gain more. Mm -hmm. And again, if I just backtrack briefly, one of the, the things, and you can read the article where I lay it out more, more coherently, I haven't thought about it for a month or so now, but um, the thing that sets the stage for this is that kind of the, the main problem we have right now in prisons is that um, anyone who goes to jail immediately comes out a more hardened criminal yes. than they entered into it because we have this sort of communal event that takes place in jail. Well, that should be... Number one rule is no one should be able to come out of jail more hardened as a criminal than they entered into it, at least if there's anything we can have to do about it. And so a solitary... That should be the aim. Yes, a, soli a solitary... The recidivism rate and the, and the sort of... Uh, well, I would say... The sort of American culture of, of, of crime school, of prison being crime school, yeah. college is, is a big problem. I would say uh, recidivism could happen just due to the demeanor of that person. No doubt. But they should not go into jail and get more criminal connects by going into right. jail. Be right. more connected right. in the criminal world right. through going to jail. Right, right. right. So, so, I mean, uh, uh, again, if someone had a, a two-year prison sentence and it's solitary, but not solitary in the sort of, I don't know, I, I would even say kind of the sort of borderline like torturous ways they try and do solitary now if someone gets solitary they're literally in like a broom closet there's no light it's i mean that's you mean that's you grim. Mean being in I'm the talking, shoe they call it the shoe or yeah, the thing yeah, or, yeah, the, or yeah. the, the hole but i'm talking i'm talking solitary where it's just you're alone with yourself but your prison cell has a, a window and you're attended to relatively respectfully but you're just you're solitary right and mm -hmm. that then there's actually no conceivable way that a person two years after that has more active or lively connections to the criminal world than they entered into it. Right. It's actually not even. It's not even tenable. It's not even traditionally. Traditionally, we've erred on the on the side of saying that um, it's more torturous. It, it's 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 too torturous to keep people in solitary confinement to uh, try and offset the chance of them gaining that more uh, yes. more communal access to criminal activity and crim other criminal Yeah, they well what they what they've done is they've just they haven't even said they haven't even done the trade off like that. They've simply said that it's too inhumane to have solitary confinement for that to be the norm. And so what we're left with is a sort of social communal bonding in the of in criminals. the prison cell of criminals. Of people who have at least in 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 one instance sort of habituated some some form of vice. Here's here's why I like your your utopian prison system as well, and the and the idea of solitary confinement being a, a sort of baseline norm. Um, one of the big fears, or one of the big problems with contemporary uh, prison systems, 
is that people who go in for very minor offenses yes. um, end up having to encounter and deal with people who have major offenses or borderline major offenses yes. or the capacity for major offenses. I mean, there is a scale and a degree right. of criminal behavior. And at many places you get thrown in with everybody else. They try and say that they separate you maximum, medium, minimum right. security. Um, but there are many places such as Rikers Island, for example, is infamous for, um, you know, you, you get caught in Rock Rikers Island, which functions as a prison, although it's a jail and it, it in, in many cases is a holding area, a holding jail for yeah. people who are awaiting sentencing. And there'll be people in there who are awaiting sentencing from all the way armed robbery and, and, and violent uh, battery assault to paternity court, uh, yeah. family court or taxes or whatever the case may be. And then you get in there and you have to defend yourself against people and now you, you know, either you get brutalized and taken yeah, advantage yeah. of, which is the case for many of them, which will give you a set of psychological problems that you didn't come into jail with. No. Right. If I didn't pay my taxes, I come into jail and I get beat up or or, or uh jumped or raped, raped or, yeah. you know, even even bullied yeah. uh to a certain extent and at that level. I'm not talking right, right. middle school bullying, you you're an ugly kid. I'm talking you're gonna do what I tell you to do or I'm gonna I'm I may in fact kill you. Yeah. You actually will. That will harden you <laughs> in a right. way that you actually maybe not have been hardened with just a simple tax uh, conviction and, and jail time. So th that's a big problem as well. Um, the other I, thing is, let me add this yeah, one in too, because yeah. you said you know you have the lesser criminals with the hard, more hardened mm -hmm. criminals, right? And they're going and, and it's having a hardening effect on the the lesser criminals. Well, let's even just say that two people with minor offenses, one person could have done it a thousand times prior, and now they got caught, and the other person could have done it five times. So even that person who's done it five times and happened to get caught, even amongst minor offenses, it's minor offenses, you can come yes. into okay. into contact with someone who is totally habituated yeah. that offense, and and it can teach you more. Or implicitly, you're sort of having to now swim in those waters. Yeah. So part of the the just again the yeah. base assumption is it's saying no, we can't make solitary this this universal, universally like bad thing that can only ever be Torturous. inhumane. Torturous. I'm saying that, and this is partly why I say solitary confinement com combined with aesthetic beauty in the in the prison system is yeah. the idea that um, if 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 you have architecture that in a sort of um, awe inspiring or fear inspiring way raises you up, and that's by the way that's what. You know, old, you know, you go to the old buildings in Europe and, and some of them here in America with different, typically it's like church buildings, but even just older buildings, the craftsmanship, the work of it, it, it evokes a sort of gravity in the soul, mm. right? And so what I'm saying is that prison systems should evoke that. They should be raising someone up to a healthy sense of the fear of God through the sort of grandeur of beauty, the sort of imposing presence of the See, if something's ugly and frail... You might be stuck to it, but you're not worried that it's going to stick around. Mm. If something is grand and sturdy, you immediately get a sense that this thing will be here for hundreds of years where I won't. And not only will it be here because of its sturdiness, because of its beauty, people won't take it down. Right? People won't voluntarily just sort of demolish it and start over. Mm. So what I'm saying is that a solitary room where someone has, you know, again, a, a brick stone structure with with open window space where they're getting natural light, but they're now, maybe it's high ceilings, whatever it would be, right? And now they're in there. Um, now I, my, I posit that that actually, that solitary confinement experience would, would become one which uh, 
is geared toward the elevation of the soul, toward more more noble things. Mm. That doesn't mean everyone's going to respond to it that way. And this is where you get the sort of the sort of profoundly sublimely calibrating mechanism of solitary conf- confinement, of solitary punishment. Yeah. For the one more hardened in vice, they're going to be more resistant toward that. And I don't just mean the vice that they got sent to jail for, just across the board. And for the one who's maybe more on on the brink of that repentance, then this sort of burden will actually be a sort of relief. It'll be a motivator along that path toward good, mm. toward goodness, mm. and toward reconciliation, right? Toward restitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so part of it is saying, I, well, and this kind of circles back, is I, I, my, I'm positing that I think we need to start with, um, you know, start with the prison system and at that type of foundational level. And for people who say, um, you know, well, we don't, we don't have, here's kind of twofold. It's like, well, we don't have enough uh, space to be able to house that many people in that type of setting. Well, then uh, we build more prisons. And by the way, if we're building beautiful buildings, it's not a blot on the society. Right. It's like if right. you're building more of them, and then other people have said, well, what if that's so good that people want to live there? That's where actually the they idea, don't understand. but that's where the idea, yeah. but that's where the idea of utopian prison system came in is first off, you don't understand it rightly. People naturally desire freedom a freedom and a freedom of movement right. and interaction. Right. But but for the people who say this is sort of a harmonious way of living that ushers into a seamless like, well then basically we've done the best welfare, you know, social uh, planning project con- uh, conceivable yeah. is that we've ushered in in a natural and organic way yeah. a sort of means of living harmoniously amongst people. It wouldn't actually turn out that way. But if it did, if it went the way they said, well then people would want to go in there. It's like, well, first off, you can go there. You should probably go there. If you would if you would see a nice building and then commit a crime on account of getting to that, then we probably need to send you in jail. You probably should be in jail. You're, you're on the verge. It's like when the NBA said it's like when the NBA said it's it's you know, it's one of these, you know, uh, falsifiable uh, you know, variables where people don't understand the the real nature of the human condition and yeah. they haven't considered the outcome or results of what they're actually yeah. proposing. Like the NBA said to me, uh, when, when, I, when we talked about mental health and mental health policy, we can't put in a mental health policy. Players would start to fake mental illness. I said, well... Then they have mental health problems. They're having mental health. If, if you faking. would fake mental... If you're trying to con your team yeah. Yeah. and get money by... Fa- you got a problem. You got a mental... I, but, you got a mental problem. You certainly have a spirit. Yeah, but their baseline is not to look at the human condition that deeply, yeah. which in my opinion, automatically disqualifies them from being in charge yeah. of such important matters. Yes. Like a prison system or the overall policy of health policy of, of, of a workplace, a given workplace or the workforce. But, but, and, and to, to, to bolster yeah. your point, um, yes, they would say, Hey, you know, people are going to want to go to jail. Yeah. Number one, many of those people have never been confined. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. COVID I think was the best example of people being confined, confined to a space that they had built yeah. for themselves aesthetically how they wanted they had the freedom to still call people they had the freedom to play video games get on the internet all all these things were still uh, you know accessible to them and they could barely stand it yep and not only that they actually in all reality had the freedom to move about as they wanted to right with some level of scrutiny that would come down from the government or police or socially from other people who were you know, we got to stay in our homes or else you're going to give COVID to everybody. But you actually could get up and move around. We weren't really locked down like that. Yeah. You know, it's cult- we were culturally locked down. We weren't lock and key. Yeah. Uh, and, and under lock and key in isolation, if you think people would, would opt for that again. Just, just thrive. Just they should be in jail, number one, because that's a, that's a strange risk to take for somebody who has freedom. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that would make you a criminal. Uh, you know, kind of it's, have a, a, it's a, a criminality shocking, in you. It's a shocking level of ingratitude. Yeah, yeah. For what crazy, you do, have, for crazy. the good things you do have, but also it's like, uh, okay, if you're going well, look at how they build prisons. It's like, well, good. If 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 that if that motivates you to raise your standard for what you would expect, mm -hmm. accept from, you know, in your own life for what you'd want for even the baseline of society. Yep. That's again, where yep. I, I sort of do that, the tongue in cheek, the utopian prison system. Yeah. Well, and the, I, I, the reason I asked you about the utopian yeah. prison system to start here talking about Donald Trump is you can tell that people, communists, who certainly talk about this egalitarian and utopian future vision of, yeah. of society don't really want utopian no. society. They use it as a promotion. They use it as propaganda, as a selling point yeah. for very um, low information and, and, and uh, people who lack critical thought. Uh, because when you, when you play out their proposals, you can see where there's no utopia even possible. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and this is a, right. this is a perfect example where, and I, the reason why is, is like, you're a guy who came from a more liberal upbringing, sure. but now have converted to Catholicism, and now you're probably much further right than Donald Trump, further right than me in many respects in certain issues, and further right than many Americans yeah. in, in a very good way. Uh, so. and, and, and your ideas, your, your idea about the utopian prison system is so far from what any of them are trying to suggest right now. Their, their actual remedy to the incompetence of the judicial system as it stands is to just make things lawful. Just, yeah, to, st yeah. just to start to make things well, that were formerly crimes lawful. And let's, and let's start to bridge this gap to what we were saying about Trump because the first reason we, that, that is helpful about the utopian prison system is now it informs, if you have a structure like that, it informs uh, how long you do criminal sentences. Mm -hmm. Because actually, if you have a solitary situation, what before was a five-year sentence might be more than sufficiently accomplished in a 10-month sentence. Because no they're doubt. truly solitary in that time. No doubt. It's a true period of reflection. Mm -hmm. And um, so now, even if we have more people, right, you start to see the turnover. Actually, this could potentially work way better. But now you get to a more sane place around what are you punishing, in what ways, to what degree. Because what we have is we have a society that's totally insane in that realm, totally chaotic. So, so Trump is now facing 800 years, and uh, no mass murderer in the history of all time has ever faced. It's so intemperate. Like it's that. so intemperate. Yes, it's so imbalanced. <laughs> There's, I mean, we're talking deliberate, you know, Hannibal Lecter level serial killers don't face. We're war criminals. The shoe whole, bomber. Whole, yeah. I mean, you whole know, whole regimes don't face that that level of. Of I mean, they at, least, they at least did Osama bin Laden the decency of shooting him on the yeah. spot. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to try and drag it out and give him a 2,000-year sentence. Yeah. In you know, respectfully yeah, to everybody who was- Nuremberg or something. Respectfully to every, I mean, we, we yeah. me and AJ, two friends talking, best friends talking. So we, yeah. we talk about these things in casual terms, and there's certainly nothing casual about some no. of the mass yeah. murders who were mentioned in order to Osama oh, bin God, Laden and no. the, the effect he had on, on, on many, many people around the world. But, but the, the point still holds, I think, that- if you're not, if if you can't look at the escalation of tyranny with this Donald Trump indictment, and at least from what AJ has laid out thus far with the utopian prison system idea, see that they're not aiming for utopia. No, their thing is too. They're too, not aiming for justice. They have yeah. two desires. It's either going to be all-out authoritarianism and tyranny, 
that they can wield to their benefit, or we'll just settle for mass chaos. Yeah. We'll let the young men in Chicago roam about after shooting somebody with no cash, with, with no cash bill or whatever that you know, all these laws they're trying to put in. We'll let we'll either let it be completely chaotic, because that's a net positive for the destruction of America, or we'll 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 settle for complete and absolute tyranny. Right, right. And those are those are the same goal. Absolute tyranny is the same as the chaos because the chaos just buys them time to try and reinstall the tyranny. That's right. So it fails right. over and over again. The That's more right. chaos, the more perpetual chaos, the longer, the more chances they get to just keep trying the tyranny. So it's just, it's just one goal. It's the tyranny. It's, it's the, the tyranny. It's the control. It's the power. And I think if you start to talk about this stuff sanely, um, you know, let's maybe flip the the put the, sh the shoe on the other foot so that we can start to kind of make sense of this. Let's say, mm -hmm. you know, people who, who advocated sort of the, 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 what would you call it? The sort of militant wing of the, of the liberal left party mm -hmm. throughout 2020 and, and really kind of advocate, you can kind of see how it's like, man, all those tweetings and public speeches, like there is something sort of, uh, you know, seemingly wrong in doing that. Uh, let's, let's scale this to its right proportion because it's like, yeah, I think that is wrong. And they probably deserve like a, you know, a two hour timeout. Give an example. Each of those Give an example. What do you mean? I'm saying the militant I'm, wing. Of, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying uh, in 2020 leading up to the election, yeah. we had the, the left instigate chaos. So we have the summer. We have Antifa, the summer, George Floyd. But they're, yeah. they're just instigating chaos. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can sit there and say, well, instigating chaos seems to be an offense because, right, that's the accusation on Trump right now. Is that he deserves 800 years in jail? Sorry, I mean it's absurd. He deserves 800 years of jail because he instituted chaos against our regime. Yes, yes. Right. And so what I'm saying is that if you even have it in proportion, if you flip it and you can see where, okay, maybe instigating chaos is a problem. Um, the punishment that comes to mind is like two hours, three hours per offense. Maybe you stack all these on top of each other and you go, okay, you need to go to jail for six days. I don't know. Maybe. But you don't get to 800 years, and you don't put the January, you don't put the J6 people in in, in jail in perpetuity. No, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not following the J. Yeah, maybe I'm not following the January 6th thing, but I believe there are still people who may be in jail due to the January 6th. Maybe not. Maybe this, I'm. But this would be but this would be this would be. My they point. were certainly in jail for way too long. Yeah, this is today. this would be my point. Is like. If you had a sane, a utopian prison type system, with why are there no? Wait, 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 and let me let me ask yeah. this question. Yeah, wait, wait one second here. This just came to me in real yeah, time. Yeah. If they're gonna do a RICO indictment on Donald, this is this is how bad it really gets. Yeah. If they're gonna do a RICO indictment on Donald Trump for the events that took place on January sixth, or the 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 election, or the I mean, the boldness of it is not really in their directed uh, animus. You know, they're, they're, they're direct and personal animus for Donald Trump, although that should alarm everyone. The, the, real, the, the real sort of uh, boldness in what they're doing is they're, the level of conspiracy that they're engaged in is far and beyond greater than anything Donald Trump could ever muster. Yeah. I mean, it, and go right down the line, January 6th, well, we got we to gotta investigate the, we got to, let's open up a RICO on the FBI. Right. You know, what what is the proper threshold of the FBI to be able to participate in entrapment. certain right. entra we have a word for it? I mean, entrapment. there's all kinds yeah. of things. I mean, the, no, not just entrapment. I mean, conspiracy to instigate yeah, itself, yeah. not just entrapment. Well, and then, and then beyond entrapment, right. it's like if someone gets caught entrapping someone into a crime. So say say a 
police officer election, entraps someone. Wait, 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 no, but, but hold on, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Really quickly. Yeah. If someone entraps someone to do a crime and then that person goes to jail for a crime that they entrapped them into, once you find out that that was entrapment, not only should that person be taken out of jail, but the one who ran the scheme and sent them to jail should, should also have to, to go to jail. Yes. Absolutely. And in a, a commensurate way to deter them doing that again. So it should actually, commensurate way would mean they should actually get more of a sentence than what the other person had to deter that behavior. So my, my point would be that, yeah, if you're looking at the FBI, it's like, okay, if they're entrapping people into this mm -hmm. and then they're going to jail, there should probably be an investigation to see, are they entrapping these people yeah. into this offense? And for everyone who went to jail on account of that in, entrapment that wasn't labeled entrapment up front, you should, you should have to pay the toll. And, yes. But my whole point would be all this stuff would be more calibrated in a system that saw justice better because all these sentences would fit a more propor proportional yeah. fit. So yeah. it's like, even if you came for Trump for his things, you'd be coming for him for like 15 days. By the way, you know, someone who uh, dallies in a riot with a whole group of people, maybe the punishment like that is kind of fitting. You know, like, I don't know, 20 days. In, like, all right, you can't go to work for the next two weeks. Yeah, small sentences. You know, a sort of solitary time like and if let, it's solitary now you're not you know let's you, let everything you, sort of diffuse you, you're not going to meet anyone while you're there you're going to this is you know quiet time for you got to reflect on for two weeks reflect on it and and by the way after two weeks you go back and if you're a repeat offender okay then we'll up burden it. of proof doesn't change then we'll up it the burden of proof doesn't change though yeah, no. in terms of the court process and habeas corpus it's just yeah, that yeah. if you're found guilty of a certain crime that these these sentences can now be radically reduced another thing yeah, i want to another thing i'm saying all yeah. around Another thing I want to say uh, in this regard that I'm thinking about now is, um, I don't I the, trying to figure out where the rule of law begins, where the spirit of the rule of law begins in justice and the ability to adjudicate punishment versus versus uh, reconciliation or, or punishment versus justice, right? Uh, uh, no, punishment versus rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, yeah. yeah. But the ability to adjudicate such a thing really is a top down uh it, no it's a bottom up issue but there's a lot of implications at the top right and i, I said with the george floyd thing people talk well oh, he was he was a criminal or he's a thief or he was he did this crime blah 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 you know and i say when your government steals everybody steals okay and there are huge implications to the way our government functions not only in this sort of moral hazard when it comes to the application of justice jurisprudence yeah. But but spiritually, on a spiritual level, like how can we properly like let let's take this for example. <laughs> the government, in and of itself, with elections, let's say, our CIA is responsible for overthrowing somewhat north of eighty some governments yeah. throughout its existence. Eighty something Democrat, most of which are democratically elected. So how can the same federal government that is currently funding the CIA come back to an individual person and try and make the claim that they were subverting elections here at home domestically? I mean, the entire calibration of morality in that is is completely askewed. And, and, and even more importantly, it's, it's a symptom of a society where we have a profound sense of scapegoating. And the elites in our society having a, a profound sense of being able to use scapegoating as a method to, to you know, disperse accountability. But us as the people, we the people, we have a profound sense of accepting scapegoating uh, so that we don't have to deal with the real accountability of, of citizenship, of civic yeah. duty, of, of, of what it means to be free. 
uh, an idea like justice, the the implications of yeah. punishment and 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 and, and uh, rehabilitation. Yeah, like these are deeply philosophical things that we've sort of abnegated, and and now we all play this game. Like we and I, I hate it on the other side as well. I'm just gonna say people yeah. aren't gonna like this. When people say throw Hillary in jail or throw Biden in jail or throw Hunter in jail, you know, that, that sort of boomerang effect, yeah. I can't stand that. It's weak. It's yeah. corny, in my opinion. Now, should I, am I saying they, don't, they haven't done crimes that deserve jail time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But what I'm saying is don't do it as a tit for tat. Do you actually understand the, the, the fundamental mode of justice and what's being violated or offended? And, and is that informing yes. what you're saying? Uh, and and yeah, Biden. If 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 we're gonna look Biden versus Trump, do I know everything Trump did in his business life? No, I'm not really aware of it. I know it's probably hard to be in the in the development business or the or the construction or real estate business in New York City without dealing with the mob. That's just a fact. But in that regard, everybody in New York City knows that you got to go to the mob to pour concrete. I mean, so again, moral hazard. But my point is, yeah. Joe Biden spent 40 years in D.C. He's a. I mean, the, the if you could, if you could be a, 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 if you could peer into the looking glass of what this man has had to do, that's corrupt, illegal, unconstitutional, in order to maintain that type of position in a place like Washington D.C. He probably should be in jail, right? right. But in the simple fact that we, that most people are okay with the levers of power in a political dichotomy deciding who should be in jail and who shouldn't means that we have a problem with the way we view justice. Right. Uh, right. You know, we, us, we all, because, and, I, and, I, and now I go, oh, you're DeSantis cucks, Daryl. Well, I mean, hey, if there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> if there's smoke, there's fire. You know, maybe we should move on. He's 70 years old. He, you know, it, 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 I became MAGA. I, I became a nationalist because of Donald Trump. And I'm thankful for that. But if they put him in jail for 800 years, it's the it's the penalty he has to has to pay kind of deal. It's like guys, they're coming for you next. You people have no clue, like you said, the escalation of tyranny. Yeah, it's going to be pointed at one man to scapegoat. Now, pretty soon they'll start rounding up groups to scapegoat. Yeah, and the and the reason that they will have to round up people to scapegoat is um, because revolts against nature which the leftist entire agenda is the the that that's from you know again we've we've tracked it well scientism okay to the the fallacy of democracy to materialism industrial revolution to individualism mm -hmm. okay which which is now rampant and we have everything we have today that, that hallmarks that individualism which was an offshoot of in its in its modern form was an offshoot of the existentialism of the early 20th century and and late uh, 19th century but but all this stuff um, builds up in a way that the left necessarily has to have scapegoats because the revolt against nature is so strong it's so deep that um, uh, scapegoats will consistently be necessary because what they're what they're striving for is is foundationally, untenable and undoable. So when you have a system that is undoable, then the proof of it's not working is going to be there over and over and over again in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. And so the scapegoats have to repeatedly be there, right? They have to be there in one form and another form. They might go from, okay, we'll punish the leader to now we'll punish 
the individuals on the floor. Then they might go back to punishing the leader. And then they might go, right, they could oscillate between this. We'll, we'll get the middle level people. Now we'll get the boots on the ground workers. Now we'll go back to the leaders because it's just gonna it's just gonna oscillate. Now because, we'll get the accomplices. Now we'll get the the immediate families yep, of the accomplices. Yep. Now and that's then, how they did it in then, China. Yep. And then that's we'll, how they okay, do. It. And then that's sort of called. Now we're gonna go back to the leaders. And then all right, that's been working. Okay. They're just gonna keep doing it because again, the the thread running through it is a sort of uh, compulsive response to the inability to achieve what they claim. Not only that they they are trying to achieve, but that we should achieve. That's the real thing. They think their view is what the way all of existence should be. So even if even if they have no means of getting to it or don't even think there's no evidence they could get to it mm-hmm. and, and they don't even think they can get to it, just the mere fact that they think it's how it should be vindicates their sort of self-righteous anger and and outletting at all the scapegoats along the way. So, mm. so scapegoats are not a, a, a sort of bug in the system, they're they're central to the the system of a revolt against nature and against God. Yes, that would be that'd be my and so that's where it's like you don't have to scare people with like the escalations coming to you next. It's like no, it'll just in perpetuity. The escalations will come at different times in different ways, and they might retreat for a little while. They might have a little period of you know bad conscience. You know, China might remove its one child policy for a time. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring it but back later. Clearly, they they won't have any qualms about bringing it back no, later no. if they need to. Whatever the thing is, they'll just they'll do whatever they have. They'll to do it do the other way. way. Now that the now that the population there in China is, is 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 facing a bottleneck with with regards to what happened from the one child policy, they'll swing it the other way if they need to. Yeah, yeah. Although they may not do that unless there's a significant. No, but they might do it in labs. They might the do ecto it. Yeah. Farms the ecto farms. Yep, yeah, I might. talked about it last. I said, look. If you don't know that ecto, let's get to that next. I yeah. want to talk. I want to talk advanced technology with you next because I, I, I like, I'd like to hear your take from a moral yeah. standpoint, Catholic standpoint on advanced technology. I think a lot of rhinos and and Christians really are struggling with how to how to, you know, deal with these things. Um, but but the last thing I'll say is that Donald Trump may in fact be the greatest scapegoat in American history. He he he's reaching the point because. The I, level, I would say, but but the thing is, is the, my other other scapegoat yeah, yeah. that comes to mind is Adolf Hitler, yeah. and you know I wrote about the scapegoat scapegoating in my yeah, book yeah. Epistle to the King, where I wrote this my my letter to LeBron, and in it I talked about Hitler and him being a scapegoat. Not that what he did wasn't wrong or right, heinous right, right. or or whatever the circumstance of of Nazism coming to the rise of power and who was involved right. in Wall Street and who all them. I'm not talking about all of that. I'm talking about how he was used ex post facto to justify yeah. something else. Uh, right, and he was used. Hitler was used to justify global government. That's just a fact. He's still being used that way. But hit, but Donald Trump, another level, yeah. because at least when it was Adolf Hitler, everybody still came under that scapegoat with the presumption that law and order right. was the goal and that fair trials were at least loosely so, yeah. I, I mean, this was what Nuremberg was. I mean, we they had a trial. They didn't just grab every Nazi and hang them. They were like, hey, at least we got to have a fair trial, right? Now, Donald Trump is the symbol of a complete, a, a complete um, um, disconnect from the rule of law or jurisprudence or precedent, yeah. legal precedent, anything. Anything just from justice. Well, see, see, people think that... Uh... Departure is the word. People, yeah, use. people think Departure. that extreme actions are what occasion radicalness. 
but it's actually uh, totally arbitrary actions that most catalyze it. So you take Adolf Hitler, who, as bad as he is, and you have a pretty uniform response to it, even if it's it's pretty uniform. It's actually pretty sort of consolidating. Mm -hmm. But if you take uh, a Trump and you put him in jail for eight hundred thousand years, or whatever they're at, now, yeah, yeah, um, right. Um, let's what you're going to get? Let's just go for what you're going to get a hundred thousand. Yeah, but yeah. let's <laughs> look at. Here's the response you're going to get. You're going to get two responses as the typical response. You're going to have a whole swath of people who think there's no way they're. they're Trump supporters, right? They're sort of conservatives, whatever. And they go, there's no way they can reconcile this whatsoever. Then you'll have a whole bunch of people who don't care about reconciling, but they dislike him. And so the response, because it's such an arbitrary sort of punishment, such a sort of trivial matter and an arbitrary punishment, but to such raised stakes, is the response is, is so radical. Because mm -hmm. then the people who don't like Trump and feel that they have to be on the advocating side of the punishment now are having to advocate for 800-year punishments for trivial matters. And on the flip side, you have a total dismissal, a total rejection of the whole basis of authority that these people are wielding. And so that's, I mean, that's a powder keg mm -hmm. that uh, you can't sort of un, un, un whatever, mix yeah. back together. You can't, you can't get it back together. So it's, a, it's a Gordian knot. Yeah, you can't yeah, really you can't, it's not you can't untie that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's where I think we often think that extremism comes from like uh, a very clear extreme behavior that happens that then springs it. And I would say that it's actually probably very arbitrary behaviors that are are imposed upon severely that are much more likely to cause sort of chaos and mm -hmm. fracture things. And cuz I just I know so many people that we obviously do living in Minnesota, there's so many people that are on the liberal side of things that I mean, okay, how would you guys respond to an 800-year sentence to a man who, at best, talked a little trash at a prep rally? <laughs> like, <laughs> like at best, mm -hmm. was... Mm -hmm. And I mean, your best case argument, I don't even think that that really holds, but your best case argument is that he was capping at a, at a rally yeah. with people, yeah. with his supporters there. Yeah. Um, he got, a little, he got how, a little excited. Yeah, how are you going to... How are you going to justify, right? How are you going to square that circle? You're not going to be able to. What it's going to do is it's going to radicalize you in going through that. And then all the people who now just wave of a wand or just dismiss uh, the judicial system. America. Well, I mean, let's be let's be right. let's 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 be let's be clear too. I mean, we, we the, the the main thing that I think is lost on many people in America is we have this profound sense of freedom and individual individuality right that is that that's what's been weaponized really the idea of freedom the concept of freedom in america as being any and everything not righteous freedom yeah right and and, and from there is this outgrowth of, of of radicalization because when we really think about it um tyranny from the state or or um uh you know political prosecutions banana republic that seems very extreme for people who believe in freedom from a righteous lens. But to people who believe that freedom means any and everything, especially and and not, you know, especially their own wickedness and corruption. Yeah. Um, that isn't the most radical thing going on out here. Right. Trafficking kids or uh, uh, trying to sexualize children, taking the innocence right. of children, that's far more radical. Um a, a man taking a a man taking dick from another man, that's super radical. I mean that's that's real real radical. Commandeering people's wealth through taxes. Very very, very radical. radical. 
um, you know, um, the the idea that uh, a small group of people could govern eight billion people effectively in a sort of one government structure. That's real radical. Yeah. Okay. The the idea that we should eat, uh, that we should not eat meat and eat bugs because meat causes climate change, but then now we can eat meat because we found a way to clone meat yeah. from from meat. Se- that's radical. Yeah. Okay, so th- the radicalization is far and beyond Donald Trump, but he is a good symbol of just how disproportionate uh, these people's response is to, yeah. to, to very, like you said, a very casual situation. I mean, it's a very benign situation would happen. I, mean, I, I get it. I get it. AOC and Ilhan and, and Cory Booker and all these people want to make you think our lives were in danger. We were going to be taken hostage and potentially, uh, uh, you know, decapitated yeah. in, in front of a, a willing uh, far right wing YouTube which, audience. Which, by the way, apparently if they had raped and murdered you guys still wouldn't be worth the same punishment as Donald Trump gets. Oh, <laughs> like, oh no. I mean, if, if rape, they, yeah. What is that? What's the punishment for rape and murder? Like life? 35 years, 80 years, I, <laughs> you know, 100 years. Not only that, you could shoot and kill somebody right here on Main Street yeah. and, and get eight years. Yeah. I mean, you know, or get a life sentence, which I think equates like twenty-seven years or something. I mean, what are we? Twenty-seven years, twenty-five to life. Yeah, I don't even get how a life sentence isn't until the person dies. But yeah, I don't. I guess I'm just not. Yeah, I'm not smart enough for this. Yeah, but these these are the issues. But yeah, these are the issues. I I want to say to piggyback where you say is he the biggest scapegoat in American history? My only rejoinder to it is is a confirmation of what you're saying is that he's the biggest scapegoat to whatever empire comes in the wake of this. Mm. It won't be America, mm. and it will have not been America for some time. And so, yes, he's the biggest scapegoat. He'll be used as a scapegoat, as the biggest scapegoat in this sort of 250-year lineage up to whatever is now and then going forward. Mm. He'll be the, the, the sine qua non of the full-scale you know, emergence of their you know, neo-American project, which is just not American. Just, it's China centric. Yeah, I mean it, the 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 Chinese Party of America, the yeah. CPA. Yeah, the CPA. You know, it's exactly what it is. And, you know, let let's let's move into that. So, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in in parting, my thoughts and prayers are with Donald Trump and his family, yeah. and being in the being in the crosshairs of this this kangaroo court and this sort of banana republic. I think, honest to God, I I for the life of me can't stand that the conservatives have allowed the leftists and the Marxists and the communists and the BLM uh, protesters to sort of corner the market on civil action protests. I think there should be sit-ins. I think there should be protests. I think there should be, on account of a number of things, least of which maybe Donald Trump's indictment, but but it definitely should kick things up a notch just on a day-by-day basis. But I don't even see people in the streets, so that's that's where we are right now. My thoughts and prayers are with Donald Trump uh, and his family, and and I pray that he finds strength to come through this. I'm sure he will. You know, saving grace is that Clarence Thomas is there in the Supreme Court, and it many of these probably get kicked up to the Supreme Court. Um, I don't know if they would. It, it seems to me at least that the Democrats are using in their in their arrogant mind. They're using this as a political strategy enough to where they're not trying to, they're not trying to lean and, and levy their power to stop him from being out on bail or stop him, like put him in jail now. 
they're at least saying we're going to let the legal process play out before we throw him in jail, right? They're not revoking his passport. They're not saying he can't leave the country. They're not putting him in jail on uh, or, or uh, denying him bail or bond. That hasn't happened yet. So that's a that's a decent sign, because um, who knows what would happen if you went into into jail or, and. Clarence Thomas being there in the Supreme Court and a lot of these things need, uh, eventually going to end up being in the Supreme Court uh, is, is a saving grace. It can take a long time to get to the Supreme Court. And by a long Absolutely. time, I mean, Absolutely. you know, six, seven, eight years, which, uh, you know, if you're 30 like we are, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It gets harder when you're yeah, no, 80. no, I don't think. I think with the with the high profile nature of it, it 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 it, it gets expedited I, to the Supreme. I'll Court. tell you what, it might get expedited just after twenty twenty four. Oh, for just sure. after fall of twenty twenty four. Yeah, that's <laughs> might well, get expedited. No, wait, wait, bring it twenty twenty five. We should start there. <laughs> you know, that's definitely not, gonna happen. Yeah, that's the plan. Not, yeah, it's not gonna get expedited to all right, June twenty twenty four. We'll yeah. clear this up. Yeah, no, it's gonna be. It'll February. Yeah, it'll conveniently. Yep, 2025. Yes. February. Yeah, February 2025. And they'll clear them. Look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what Donald Trump represents as a as a uh, presidential candidate is far different than what he represents as a civilian, as a as as an average American citizen. Oh, they probably even like that message. Yes. You know, the yes. greed, the indulgence, the yeah. riches, yeah, yeah. materialism. The real danger is that he can that he can catalyze a, a nationalist yeah. movement into a into a certain political result. That's the danger. Him being a figure out there in in the in the wilderness, saying all the same views is not the same as him having levies of power. And I don't like this so, whole whole narrative too that I'm hearing. Doesn't matter who's in office. Right. It, it doesn't matter. What are you people talking about? Of course it matters who's in office. Of course it matters who's sitting on the Supreme Court. Of course it matters who's in charge of the Department of Defense or or has the, the nuclear codes or the Joint Chiefs or the SecDef. Of course it matters. I mean, what what kind of weird psyop are you letting the establishment play on you with? I hear it all the time. Well, it doesn't really matter who the president is. I mean, it's all they're all being controlled. It's like, okay, buddy. Okay. When you go to the court, these are people who've never yeah. been in court. These are people who have never encountered the justice system. These are people who have never seen the autonomy of an individual judge in a particular court right, case. Right. It matters. Oh, it matters. It damn sure matters who's who's who. And they're and and the the left is very aware that it matters because they're not interested in running roughshod on the whole panel of ca- candidates. By the way, they are seemingly in a tip of the cap to Trump saying that actually they don't think there's anyone that can step up to fill that void. It's not that they don't know that there's a lot of people that have the sentiments. They're saying they don't think there's a a single person that can sort of articulate it. And I don't necessarily think that they're wrong because I don't know who would fill that void. We've talked about this at length. I don't know who who you put in there to fill that void. Now, maybe 10 years from now, there's someone else. You know what I mean? But right now, today... I'm thinking about four myself personally. Yeah, there you go. But, But, But I'm saying, but in... In four, 2024, eight. right? But in 2024, it's like yeah. I don't know who can, who can step into that, into that void and just carry the momentum of it from from that point. And and so I think they have rightly recognized the role of leadership yeah. in human society, and it, it definitely matters. I will say, uh, tip of the cap to the people saying, you know, it doesn't matter. It it is true that the the. Well, we should put it this way, actually. What's even more true, it's not even just the virtue of the individuals in the society shape society. It's actually the virtue of the leaders at all the levels of leadership in society that shape a society. No doubt. Because leadership is 
far more important no, not, than it, everything in between. Because let's put it this way. Yeah, go ahead. Put it this way too. Uh, Jesus Christ took twelve apostles and nurtured a relationship with with those twelve mm-hmm. in detail. Mm-hmm. Right? He was forming leaders. He he knew there'd be tons of other followers, and at that time there was the seventy disciples and some you know number the five hundred that kind of followed along. But he took twelve and gave them focused attention because he understood how important leaders are. Right. 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 And then, and so that right there Thou tells you Peter. that, yeah, that is a man, that is a man who, who sees the value of leadership and, and cultivated leadership. What our society needs right now is, yes, it'd be nice if all the boots on the ground, people just start to get way more virtuous. But what we really need is we need virtue father, virtuous fathers in homes, but even slightly larger than that, we need virtuous members in, in communities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. On these stages, in these other things, because then you can actually start to build out. Uh, a culture and a reality of people conforming to it. What we have on the flip side is we have a society that has been inundated, not by, it wasn't, you know, in 1950, there were, you know, 200 million people out of the 300 million that were here, or 250 million at the time. But it's not that they had 200 million people that were on board with their leftism, right? It's that they had the cells and they got it in all the little pockets and then they spread from there because that's how leadership works. Well, and, the, and, the, and another thing is leaders are meant to leaders are meant to act as the, the guardrails of a certain domain or a certain area of collection of people. Yeah. And so what what really happened in this country is that leftists or centrists or, you know, uh, can, purveyors of the status quo were able to be in positions to pervade, you know, to, yeah, yeah. to conserve the, the status quo of corruption. And then everybody else who is outside of that power structure feels so defeated and demoralized that they just go along with it by default. Yeah. I mean, that's the mechanism of what's happened in this country. Is every everybody feels like the 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 big picture problem is too big for any one man to really deal with. Right. And that's part of the gravity towards Donald Trump is because here you see a man who picked up a shield and a sword and goes, "Oh, I'm that one guy who could actually punch a hole in the side yeah. of this of this mountain." And he did punch a hole in the side of the mountain. So, and that's a real danger to a status, a corrupt status quo, is the belief that an individual could punch a hole in the side of a vast corruption. Yeah, yeah. Right. That I mean, that's really what the threat is. Um, so, yeah, no leadership is important, and we have a crisis of, of leadership in this yeah. country and around the world. Yes. Um, yes. No doubt. But but part of that problem is, as I see it too. But we don't need to wait it out until seven billion people are virtuous. Yeah, that's, that's just gay. We just that's need gay. to get yeah, that's, we need to get on the order of thousands, like which is a real number. You know what I mean? It's like we need to get people that ten thousand. Yeah, we need to get people that 50, are virtuous 000. that are forming that are le- yeah. that are are pointed toward I, it, and it spreads. I, I said it on my show. Yeah, uh, what was it? No, it was Wednesday. I said it on my show Wednesday night. And, and you know the prerequisites or your criteria of leadership is what really the real crisis is our criteria of leadership, yeah. right? Which is fallen from biblical faith, and we don't even know how to rightly identify leaders based on a, 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 a based on the relative yeah, to yeah. the times, but also at a metaphysical level. So that that's part of the reason why we don't have good leaders. We've conceded to these these shoddy uh, charlatans, uh, the, you know these these uh, corrupt charlatans, but but. What I was going to say is, with the with a person like Donald Trump, or, or let's say any leader, right? The criteria of leadership, one of the prerequisites should be, which it often isn't today, 
is the leader telling me a thing I want to hear or is the leader saying what needs to be heard? Right. Right. And we've created this sort of puppet echo chamber where it's like we accept that being a good leader means that you can convince the most people that what you're yeah, saying yeah. is authentic, that that what you're saying is good for them. Yeah, that you can persuade the most people. Yeah, and that we just accept that. Yeah. You know, I hear it in politics all the time. Are you electable? I know. I, know. I mean, if you're electable in, a, in a, a deeply corrupt society, you're probably not a good leader. Right. You may be a leader, but you're damn sure not a good leader. Yeah, you're not a good leader. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the prerequisites of leadership are even off. And what I start off by saying all the time, and I said it on Wednesday, I'm not looking for a thousand seals. I'm not looking for a thousand dolphins. I'm not looking for a thousand people, to, a thousand people to cheer me on for the sake of cheering yeah. me on, for my own sense of adulation. I want ten pipe hitters. Right. I'm going about it, hacking through the forest, trying to come across ten to twenty pipe hitters. Yeah. And I mean real pipe hitters. I mean people who are multifaceted, multi-talented, committed righteous, sacred honor, pipe hitters. Because with 20 people who are really committed, you could do a lot. Yeah, We know that as the, see the American government, the deep state knows that. We haven't really bought into it yet. Right. That's part of the bastardization of the American intellect through schools. Because we, really, we don't really see how a small group of people with compartmentalized tasks can really put a dent in the side of a mountain. The CIA's not walking in toppling governments with a huge flag and a, and a parade behind them. They're sending in. They're sending in spooks. Yeah, a small team, a small concealed team, of of chameleons that are committed. Yeah, they're just committed to the wrong things. Which is also why they understand that value and that role of leadership and of sort of individuals in the mix because they've done it. They've used it to yeah. throw things. Yeah, they know. Yeah. They know if there's just a handful of people that are starting to see it, yeah. contrary to their designs, that that can spread and that it can catch on. Conspiracy so, against rights is one of the charges against Donald Trump in Georgia in the RICO indictment. Conspiracy against rights and our Central Intelligence Agency has been involved in toppling 80 some yeah. governments of most of, of which most were democratically elected, including, including, might I add, the present day Ukrainian regime, yeah. which at first was a more pro-Russia or neutral re Ukrainian regime that they sponsored rebels to basically, uh, you know, topple. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and when you guys brought your multiple indictments against Trump after 2016 and then failed on them, wouldn't that prove that since you failed in the indictments they brought against him to say that Russia hacked our election and he should mm -hmm. be impeached, mm -hmm. wouldn't that prove that you were trying to form a conspiracy against people's rights. Yes. Right? So once yes. you the right of the, the president like, that we, yeah, we chose. Like that, yeah. that charge that you brought should have come with a double-edged sword. Either you get Trump or you get yourself. Because one way or the other, one but, has to but be there, true. But, but AJ, there are no, no double-edged swords. Is it, no, no, I agree. It, but I, whose fault is it? I get it, it. This is a conservative problem. This to me, The this, conservatives opened yeah. the door for this. The conservatives allowed uh, uh, the conservative movement in America post- Barry Goldwater, let's say, Nixon, Kissinger, this whole movement of, 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 of conservatives became so in love with the rule of law as a means to, you know, secure freedom and materialism and, and let's say, uh, you know, free, free trade, market business, capitalism, whatever it is, the rule of law has protected these things 
in their mind so well that there are no double-edged swords when it comes to the law. There is no equal application of the law on the side of the government. There's no, you bring a false prosecution or there is no penalty for bringing false prosecution. There's no penalty. Who's responsible for that? Right. I mean, you know, the, the liberals, and this is what the liberals are doing. I, my I, real point, my real yeah, point isn't the, the gotcha moment of them or the, it's not an aha moment of realization that actually you're proving, it's just the point blank statement that when you guys mounted uh, a case against him, against Trump for stealing the election or the Russians for, for stealing the 2016 election, once uh, it was shown that that wasn't the case, that you couldn't prove it, then you have de facto conceded that you were engaged in what you're now accusing after the fact. And again, this isn't some big aha moment. I get it. They don't care to play by the rules. Yeah. They don't care. They've weaponized the, the rule of law. They don't care about the rule of law. Um, they'll use it any way they want. The people who have championed the rule of law, who opened the door to it, they always did it as a cheaper argument of getting out of the nitty gritty. So it's the same thing with questions over marriage. How long have people said, well, my religion says they didn't, rather than saying, no, actually, my natural reason tells me that I can't, and the religion happens to co-sign it, but I actually just see this the way I see it, mm -hmm. that marriage is, is fundamentally ordered toward procreation. And so anything that breaks that, that dynamic is, is out of the mix. And the people who want to say, well, yeah, but what about IVF and blah, 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 and whatever else? It's like, Dude, there's nothing in nature that orients toward IVF. Nothing. Mm -hmm. So again, I can make an argument from reason, from observing. In vitro fertilization. From, yep, from observable reality that marriage is constrained to a man and a woman for the purpose of children. So you can even take it to your, your extent where you have a man and woman who go, we're getting married, but we don't want any children. Not a marriage. <laughs> it's, not, it's actually not a marriage. And in the Catholic Church, that's, uh, grounds, that's an annulment. That means that the marriage never took place. If people, if two people get married, not actively not wanting kids, it, it's not a marriage. It's literally the marriage annulment means that the it's a recognition that the marriage never took place. Mm -hmm. It's not a divorce. It's not ending what was there. It's saying it never actually happened. The parameters weren't met, right? And so, again, I mean, we're so far from that. We're so point, far from my that. My point is, but, how, agree, but yeah. how many people, when they get confronted with the marriage issue, go, "Well, it's my faith. It's my belief." So you've already jump ship to what you think is an easier and a safer argument, yes. but packs less teeth yes. and subjectivizes it. Okay, so you have the same thing with conservatives through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s going, well, but it's the rule of law, all right? There was probably something that you needed to stand up in principle for, but when the heat came at you, you defected to this rule of law thing, and now, of course, they've turned that against you. Yeah, of course. Because anytime, anytime weakness comes through to carry the day, you will pay for that. You will pay the toll. If you don't, your descendants will, mm. right? And and the only thing that holds are those airtight, the, those airtight positions all along the way. Mm. And those will hold. Those will be the same yesterday as today as tomorrow, mm. right? The eternal truth is the same in, uh, in the past as it is in the present as it will be in the future. But the eternal truth is airtight. And so if you want to let air into it and you want to take the easy route and go, well, you know, hey, I, I hear you, good argument, but, you know, rule of law, I gotta do it. you're going to pay for that. Yeah. Because that's not airtight. Yeah. And that's, what, and that's what we're getting. And so now we have this podcast where we actually start to ask, and we've done it a few times over this, ask some fundamental questions about justice. And here we get into the utopian prison system and we do that. And you start to realize how barren 
that landscape is, that no one Only talks about this. Traverse they, they're not tracking yeah. any of it. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not getting it. My reign of boomer justice piece, which was our previous one yeah. where we talked about it, and people in the comments, I had, you know, people comment on it and a lot of people like it, but then you have ones who go, I don't even see where there's a central argument and I can copy and paste them. Boom. You know, right there. Yeah. Here's the argument. The they, were probably, the, they were probably, they were probably boomers. Yep. The subject heading, the subject heading yeah. said something like the argument in play. And then the first sentence was the argument. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, no, this is. This, this boils down to the fact that people do not know how to navigate justice. And if you don't know how to navigate justice, you don't even know what you're talking about when it comes to rule of law, right? Because the, the justice is, is uh, technically, going back to the Latin, is, is the administration of the law, right? And the law, by the way, is uh, what governs the interactions between things, mm. all right? So again, you kind of have this weird play of things where it's like the rule of law is going to now govern what we do but the rule of law is an extension of justice which mediates law it's it's circular yeah and it gets nowhere and you have to get down to the core of it how should people interact and then from there okay what's what what's acceptable what's unacceptable otherwise known as right and wrong and so a false accusation is wrong yeah. okay well if if you're going to have a rule, it has to punish things that are wrong. Yes. Right. And you can yes. let certain things go on the margins, but certainly as they, as they certainly aggravate. Not, certainly not accusing a president of, of treason and, and, and colluding with a foreign any government. Number of, any number of false that's claims. That's not a small, that's not a small. Any number lie. of false claims yeah. in, in criminal court would, would have to be adjudicated in the reverse side. Um, once, you know, they're, they're, they're. We'll be adding that to the Senate. We'll be adding that to the Senate campaign as a, as a talking point. We have to have some, accountability for the criminal justice system and the, the justice system completely, the, the entire justice system. There has to be accountability for bringing false accusation, socially and civilly too. Me that, Too movement. Me Too movement's yeah, another great example. Exactly. But we have just, a Me Too government. That's justice. And, and let's put it this and way. Seriously. And who, and who, and who you know, kind of cracked the seal? I mean, the whole thing, when you really start to look at it, we won't go that deep. Because I yeah. want to get to this other piece real quick before we head out. But the entire... A feminization of the of 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 American society and the suffrage movement, and now we got moms that are in the workplace getting taxed, and we taxing both incomes, and now the kids become the the ward of the public school system and the government, and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, you get a Me Too phenomenon. And I just watched for the first time. I started to watch last night the uh, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard uh, uh, Netflix documentary, and I was literally laughing out loud in my in my bedroom it was it was that it's that entertaining and J Johnny Depp God bless him he's not the symbol of moral virtue by any means I don't think he would claim to be but he certainly stood in the breach on that one didn't he I mean he could have settled he could have done a lot of things he said nope I want a public trial with all the cameras and I'm going to vindicate myself in the court of public opinion mm. which was brave yeah. brave to do and he turned out I mean it it found that she was absolutely I haven't finished it but what I heard from, <laughs> am I right? She was lying, right? Yeah, I mean, but is it wrong that I could look at her from the outset and tell that she was a lying? No, but, but here's- I mean, is that serious? Yeah. Is, it, is it wrong that I could look at her in the circumstance? Yeah, Johnny, you wanted a hot, young uh, uh, woman. Yeah, your lust who was, got you. Your lust sure. got you. You know, she was searching for stardom and, and fame. And, and by the way, by the way, not airtight. Not airtight. The tight. purpose for doing it and what not it came tight. back to. And, and it boomeranged around. Yep. But he stood in the but breach like yeah, a man. Yeah. He stood in the breach like a man. And he, I, I, and I'm going to do a podcast about this on Monday. 
But the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case is a pivotal turning point in American history. No, seriously. No, seriously. Yeah. Because it kind of, it kind of, there it's was already. Funny the, enough, too. Yeah, it's funny, you know. But this whole rejection of the Me Too movement and this radical feminism was bubbling up. Yeah. But it hadn't had a Hollywood blockbuster turn yet. Right, because everybody who was getting accused was still getting clipped. Yeah, it was Cuomo. It was it was you know uh, Don Lemon got clipped recently. That was after the herd thing, but people were still getting clipped. Yeah, right. Like we all were having a conversation. Like that doesn't seem right. Dave Chappelle was like, something doesn't seem right here. But no blockbuster stuff had actually gone in the direction of the man. Right. The Johnny Depp Amber Heard was the first A list blockbuster situation where the woman was clearly found corrupt and, and skullduggerous in the situation. Here, let me just, let me too contextualize what we're talking about, the, the persecution for the person who brings a false charge. They also would have innocent until proven guilty. So the people who are like, well, then you have this retaliation system no, where it's no, like, no, no, if no. you can't Habeas prove, corpus. yeah, if you can't prove that someone was guilty of raping you, then you're automatically guilty of a false charge. No, that's not true. But if they can prove that it's a false charge, then you're guilty of bringing forth a false yes. charge. Yeah. So, so you're right. If, 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 if your burden of proof can't eclipse that they rape and, and they, and the verdict comes to, okay, we're, we're going to go innocent to the defendant. They're not going to jail. Mm -hmm. That doesn't actually de facto mean that you can now level a case against the other person faking the charge. But if you find texts and in discovery, you, you find out that, oh, they actually are faking this charge. Yeah. Then yes, there, there has to be a punishment there. So the people who would be scared of that sort of retaliate retaliation system to to you know yeah. disincentivize people bringing crimes forward. Oh, what it would do? No, what? Anymore. Yeah, and what? Yes, and what it would do effectively is the 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 presence and risk of of uh, retaliate. And I won't call them retaliatory, but but the 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 uh, the double edged sword charges. Yes, would slow people. It would, because that's the other thing. To the bring person, an accusation. By the way, the person who thinks that the the they might think the girl, the person lied about it because they think they didn't do it. But if you don't have a burden of proof that they're bringing a false charge against you, right? Then you're going to be hesitant to go retaliate at them. True. Right. True. So it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same thing. It's going. These, these organizations. Yes. No. But the 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 chaos. The, this is the thing. Okay. The chaos, and we talked about this many many times. The chaos. Of the legal set, we're, we're, this country is really plagued in a in a major way by the shortcomings of the legal system, which is right. why I'm such a huge fan of you even having the courage to venture on into into the fray and say, "Hey, utopian prison system." Let's look at what prison does fundamentally. Um, the law in this country is completely out of control. I mean, let's just start with yeah. the way that people get credentialized to be lawyers. Yep, yep, yep. And, we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it before how... They bottlenecked it. Every single... It's now in 49 states, you have to have a... a Four-year degree. A state credential... No, a state credential law degree. Right. So a lot of states only have two or three credentialed law schools right, in their right. whole state. And you have to have one of their credentialed degrees to even sit for the bar. To sit for the bar. Exam. And by the way, when Abraham Lincoln became a lawyer, he was totally self-taught. Right. This was this is the law is public. Wait, the so law is not a. Yeah. And here's what they're teaching. Well, here's what they're yeah, teaching yeah. you. They're teaching you when you go to law school. Okay, first off, it's a racket between the state and the universities, which they have a number of rackets going on. Right, right, right. To basically tax the American people another time. Right. On top of the taxes, we're going to tax you to pay for public education for colleges, use tax money, and then we're going to put your people in debt 
and take their tax money and send it to the Ukraine as well. I mean, it's tax upon tax upon tax. But what they're teaching you in university is how to become a Marxist lawyer. Right. I mean, let's be honest, because you can't just go to law school. You got to go to the social sciences and the liberal right. state. You got to do, there's a core curriculum. Yeah. So you get a look. So we have to bring you through the bottleneck of yeah, higher education. You're not going to get into law school without having a bachelor's. Okay. Yeah. You're not exactly. going to, with law school is going to require the four year degree. Right. It's, it's, it's a, a Trojan horse. It's a full, it's a full racket going on. And not <laughs> only that, not only that, um, they've actually shown that the one state that doesn't require the law credential mm -hmm. is Alaska. And their bar exam is the hardest bar exam. Yeah. So what they've yeah. said is they said, we're going to ease up on this bar exam. So you don't even have to be a good lawyer. But what we're going to do is you got to pay these institutions. So, of course, these people are, I mean, just making over hand and fist. And what we have is the deterioration of law and understanding in our culture as a yeah. result of it. Whereas what it should be is that, frankly, if you're going to require a law degree to sit for the bar, the bar exam should probably get tougher. The standards should probably be even higher now because you just got educated by experts in the field like you should be ready to now pass a, a law degree with even more precision with even more exactitude it shouldn't be easier it should be harder the threshold should be harder what you're checking from someone should be harder if again if it were common sense it has nothing to do with that they know if they raise the difficulty of it people would stop paying for the school because they go well this doesn't help me to pass it especially with my marxist professors who are in the law schools as well. It's not just the undergrads. You're right. We're right. the Marxist professors. No, they're in the law schools. So they're in the law schools yeah. too. And and then, uh, you know, people who who aren't, who we're talking, in the law schools are are majority people who can't understand that killing a child in the womb is is murder. Right. So they, we're, we're talking radicals, right? Radicals. Radicals, radicals in their yeah. in their jurisprudence. Yeah, right? conservatives so they're too. Not, they're not educated. Republicans, rhinos too. Yep. Yeah, but, they're in but, there. Yep, but if, you, but if you raise that threshold and made the bar exam harder, People just wouldn't come there. So they go, well, let's make it easier. So it's, it's the, you know, the tit for tat. Yeah. Make it easier. Then they'll come through here. We'll lower the threshold. Overall, the, the level of precision will go down, and we get more of what we want. And, and, the process, and let's look at the, the, the trajectory, too. You go to law school. You become a lawyer, a defense lawyer, or a prosecutor, or maybe you have specialized commercial, corporate law, whatever the case Which may be. Which is the majority of them. Most people don't even come real, become real lawyers. Right. Which I call but but lawyers. let's say you become a prosecutor. Yep. And then you become a district attorney. And then you become a judge. Right. Right? And and so, and is there not a problem with people? I mean, let's get, if, if I'm going to run for Senate, and we're going to have a shot to actually rewrite some of the, 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 the laws and the safeguards of our country and protecting our citizens, is it right for a non-American, if a non-American born can't run for president, right? A person who's not born in America right, can't, right. can't run for president. If a person who's non-American born can't run for president, should a person who's non-American born be able to fund uh, the, the campaigns of district attorneys? See, even in that right there, we've started- Should they even be able to be a district attorney? See, right there, we've undermined judge, the rule of law. Right? I mean, you see what I mean? If someone's if someone's not a citizen, should they have the ability to practice the law, the 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 legal? The obvious answer is no. Of the nation, of course they shouldn't. Should I be able to go to China and become a lawyer? Of in course China? not. Or a judge over Chinese people? I mean, that of seems kind of. Of course you shouldn't. It seems. Of I mean, uh, of but, course not. But the fact, and I, uh, one name sticks out, right? Because one one name went out of his way to fund the campaigns of a number of district attorneys around the country, George Soros. Sure. Should a Hungarian-born man 
with whatever his political whims are. I don't care if they're aligned with mine or not. I don't care if he was a conservative right-wing Hungarian-born man. Should he be able to fund the campaigns of district attorneys in our country? Right. And now you have district attorneys like Fanny Pack Willis, okay, and and she's going complete. And 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 before this happened, there were district attorneys and prosecutors who prosecuted cases a certain way for political political expediency, because there was a certain constituency within their area that they knew if they prosecuted a certain way they would be better positioned to run for judge or attorney general right, in, right. in the given place. Right, right, right. These things confound justice. Enough yeah. enough of that. I want to get to this before we head out. Because okay. yep. we also talked about Maui, and we talked a little bit about direct energy weapons. I told you uh, brief mm-hmm. about what d- d- direct energy weapons are. But 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 basically the, the case that I made on, on Tuesday and Wednesday was that because I don't know if you know, but I had Investigate Maui written on the side of my head in the last Big Three okay. game, and it went viral, right? Oh, nice. Uh, and, and there are a lot no, of people. I pe- didn't know. Well, there are a lot of people who are even traditionally Democrat or liberal who have huge questions. The anti-establishment conspiracy theorists aren't just bound to the right, although sure. more of them sit over there now. Um, but there are a lot of people on the left side of the spectrum who don't trust the government as well, although they're they're falling few and far between nowadays. Um, but there are a lot of Hawaii is a place that has two Democratic seats. They usually vote Democrat, seventy percent. Sure. But a lot of them have huge questions and skepticism about what took place in Maui, which is a huge crack in the in the uh, in the narrative. I think, and and I'm seeing a lot of the way I know is because there's a lot of young um, Instagram model age girls that that are in that Instagram model phase of their life that are reaching out and saying thank you for supporting Maui. Right, so I know I, I I know enough about social media and the demographic to realize these would yeah. most typically be pro-choice Democrat women. Yeah. Okay, not that the conser- the conservatives are the leaders. They're going, hey, this at every turn they're like this this ain't right, right? But this yeah. one particular case, there's a lot of other people that are starting to question it. And um, so w- with the investigate Maui piece, I had the liberal media, Deadspin, for example, Deadspin. Yeah. The most leftist right. sports publication in the in the world, guy named uh, I think his name was uh, Le- Seth Leftwich. No, I don't know what his name was. I forget off the top of my head. Anyway, um, he said his 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 headline was um, former NBA player uh, has moron. Oh, former NBA player and, and uh, embarrassing moron thinks that space lasers started the fires in Maui. Because on one side, I had investigate Maui. On the other side, I had direct energy weapons, question mark. And so a lot of the conspiracy theory about, about and I don't say that in a you know, denigrating or, or, or a, a, no. you know, dismissive way, but a lot of the, the conspiracy theory has to do with direct energy weapons. And my point in writing it wasn't to say that I know for sure it was direct energy weapon, but again, to go back to the American citizens and our scope of understanding of what our government is doing, many people don't even know what direct energy weapons are or that they exist. That, that Lockheed Martin, you can go right to Lockheed Martin's YouTube and they openly promote direct energy weapons. Yeah, I think I saw a short clip of a YouTube video of a laser weapon a couple years back, but that would probably be the extent to which yeah. my awareness was wasn't as there of them too. So I'm you and I, uh, you and you and I spent a lot of time on two way uh, and, and with Alex Jones yesterday. 
I made the point that the conservative movement, when, when, you, when you come to the middle and clash it's on, a, on an issue in an actual battle, it's not just that issue that gets sorted out or right, that issue right. that's given to or taken from. There's also other things that you could be giving to or taken from that are affected, right? And with the 2A wedge issue, the conservative movement has come to the middle of the battlefield and tried to protect, fought this, you know, this dire fight to try and protect the right to have AR-15s. And meanwhile, the scientific elites of our government and of the, the private sector are creating laser beams. And, and now this shows you how stupid the people at Deadspin are and, and how stupid the people are they let write. Because this guy in his, in his idiocy actually believes, because he doesn't know, because he himself doesn't know what direct energy weapons are, he actually believes that they can only be staged from space. And don't get me wrong, there are direct energy weapons on satellites that are intended to yeah. be able to in intercept IBMs, right? That was the purpose, because when you're not in the atmosphere, the lasers shoot much further. They can go thousands of miles because there's nothing in, you know, interfering with them. Refracts the right, right. But you know, well, your, hold on. your let me throw this in. Wait one second. Yeah, yeah. Your nukes have to leave the atmosphere and come back in. Sure. Right. So at that point, the, the they were meant to disable nuclear weapons. But you can stage direct energy weapons from boats. You can stage them from airplanes, like the video you saw. You could stage them from land. You can stage stage them from submarines. A number of weapon systems you could stage them from, and most people don't even know we have them. Right. Um. Like you know. Well, I think I think ahead. what's what's funny to me is it's not like Deadspin has like aerospace engineers on their writing staff. So this guy, obviously, just would do the same thing I would do if I were trying to figure out what energy directed weapons are. I'd Google energy directed weapons and then probably click from one of the first few episode, uh, articles at the top of Google. Maybe he'd filter for a different credible, what what he'd deem a credible source versus what I would. You know, mm -hmm. he'd probably go to CNN or something. I probably wouldn't. Um, or he might go to Wikipedia or something. But he'd go to that. And then, of course, he would assume the mantle of now being the sort of, um, you know, novice expert on, you know, which is contradiction terms, but this sort of new new found expert or enough at least to address this publicly that you have a moronic take on uh, how the Maui fires started. But uh, again, the whole point of it is, is just, it's just social bullying, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just their version of, of being, you know, catty and, and saying, okay, by this title, I'm going to make this person seem ridiculous. And so anyone who, you know, listens to it or, goes along with it or indulges anything like it, um, by extension, is also sort of uh, socially persona non grata. Yeah. And I mean, you know, who cares? Yeah, I don't. I, I certainly would say that uh, wildfires can start from a number of things. Uh, it can start, I would say that the number one culprit of wildfires, um, the, the rise in wildfires, um, is, is the lack of competence in governments in handling uh, and administering cold uh, um, controlled burns in a number of areas. So forests and, and things, and this is this things we did all throughout the 19th and 20th century, is we would execute controlled burns in certain areas to create a sort of buffer in, for dry seasons, for times where fires start. And um, in, in the name of environmentalism, these things have um, almost entirely eradicated from what we do using our human ingenuity and human understanding to help foster a real scenario that can come about. 
And so I would say that the, the top culprit for me is due to that negligence and the redirecting of all funds toward these sort of middle manager paying people in their you know school systems or whatever, all these sorts of things, uh, redirecting all the funds and and a lack of taking care of the area they are. That I would say that that to me would be prime suspect number one would be that due to that uh, mismanagement, the ecosystem now in that area can't withstand what otherwise could have been a small fire that goes out and you don't think about it. But you still want to put still. transformers and power lines right there. What's that? And, but but at the same time, you want to you want to. You want to reallocate funds to to this more environmentalism, climate racket change, but then you still leave man's footprint there. And in this case, a lot of these power lines were by brush that hadn't been trimmed back to the power line. So you can't walk out yeah. of the place and not. Yeah. And, so and now, I mean, now you just have your, yeah. your footprint there and think that that's not going to well, have an and, impact. And now you just have again, it's dry seasons are the kindling for you know, forest fires to take place, but you do controlled burns and you create these, you know, these, um, you know, these sort of these layers of protection against expanding burns Mm -hmm. by burning down these areas that it'll hit that. It's like hitting charcoal and it sort of stops and it simmers out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, by taking those, those, those wedges out of there by not doing that at all. Now, whatever the occasion is that starts a fire, it's like, you guys, when a forest fire starts, you don't have to find what spark started the fire, who lit the match. Mm-hmm. That started, you don't have to find it because go light a match and, and throw it in your forest. Your forest isn't going to burn down, right? Try and go uh, light a leaf that's connected to a tree on yeah. fire. It's not just going to burn down because that thing has life. It's wet. It just won't work that way. Yeah, so the Hawaii real- is the most humid place in America. Yeah, yeah. So the reality is, is that things are going on from a neglect standpoint, which we as humans have the capacity to oversee. Nature will naturally do this to just clear out areas and then. Okay, so let me tell you, as humans, we can, we can, we can see these things, anticipate yeah. them, and help to curb them. And we have given up on doing that. So that would be my number one okay. cover. But if someone wants to bring in the notion that. Um, government groups could direct um, direct weaponry or technology they have at doing things to cause a reaction. Well, of course, we have to be in the realm of that's certainly possible. Of course, we also have to recognize it's going to be super hard to prove because they're going to set it up. So right. it's super hard to prove. Right. So they're going to force you. Basically, I mean, the, the government now just holds a monopoly on getting to do whatever they want because when you can't come and prove what they're doing, they can just scapegoat you into being a conspiracy theorist yeah. and ridic- ridiculous. And all you're left with are people that somehow um, somehow believe everything of a convenient narrative that's put out. In, it's in strange way, to see. But then doesn't strange. believe anything else they see with their own eyes, like the fact that um, you know, getting married not related to procreation is acceptable. I don't know how their eyes convince them of that, but then... <laughs> On the other side, it's just so again, you just have you have these circumstances where it's like I'm sure the Deadspin guy um who I wrote the article, I would I would anticipate, I would imagine that he doesn't even get the relationship between marriage and and procreation. He's oh, probably gay. But listen, so the, 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 the what's what's so crazy for me to see right now out there is the people who because I announced I was gonna run for Senate as well. And um so there's been a lot of back and forth on social okay. media with regards to that. And in response to me saying I'm going to run for Senate, certain people who I can tell are leftists, you know, go and pull the picture of me saying investigate Maui and post it as reference to how I'm crazy. Sure. Right. Like sure. even the even the proposition that we should investigate it sure. is an affront too much for the left. And it's strange that 
conspiracy only matters is is only relevant when it's a conspiracy that is targeted uh, towards their political opponents. Right. And they don't see that. Like they don't see that. No. I mean, it's just it's it's beyond. Um, a, a, you can tell that it's a it's a psychological condition. Right. It's it's right. it's not even like conscious manipulative dishonesty. There's like a real psychological program happening because the the. Yeah, it's funny. The the left has always weaponized psychology against its opponents. So they've always said, like, if you're conservative, then that means that you have, you know, some psychological disorder going on. <laughs> this happens in Catholicism, too, where they say if you're really, you know, traditional in your Catholic faith, like there's some sort of disorder, psychological disorder right. going on there. And if you're and what's what's really fascinating by it is that it actually seems quite demonstrable where the psychological hang up is for the people that are in the other camp. Yeah. Are on the left, like like you can usually point to it. They usually have overt things that are directly contrary to nature, which always, always stems from uh, what we'd call a psychological barrier of revolt. There's a revolt taking place at that level, which is not good for the psyche. Where the psyche is in revolt against what it's perceiving in reality. Yeah. Right. That is a problem for how it calibrates yeah, no everything doubt. else. It's funny you put it. So like we that. can yes, we can have any number of things where it's like, oh, if that's your observed. Like, position it's a if, woman if yep if that's your if that's your accepted reality in line with you we actually have a direct example where you're not where there's not living yes, in reality yes of where there's a detachment yes at, in your psyche yes related to reality and so if we're gonna they they want to say well you know i don't know maybe it's it's anger or it's paranoia or it's these things by the way uh paranoia is very hard to demonstrate it's very hard to demonstrate that someone's in a category of paranoia so to throw that accusation at someone for their the source of their psychological, you know, illness and and disorder is um you know again presumptuous. Ten, ten, yeah, tenuous at best least. because yeah. that's that's a very hard one to to demonstrate. But to take something that's very simple is is actually quite easy. Is this to color red? Yeah, yeah. Not only no, it's, it's not red, but I hate you yeah. for even saying it's red. Yeah, that's right. Is a woman a person in potential toward motherhood? Yes or no? Is a man a person in potential to fatherhood? Yes or no, right? Okay, uh, a woman is a person in potential to motherhood. Okay, I am in no way in potential to motherhood. I don't care what you do or how many ecto farms you set up. I am in no potential to motherhood. Now, could it be that uh, my my sperm don't work, right? Yeah. I still am a man in potential to fatherhood because you are in one or the other case, even if you're sterile. Yeah, right? yeah. But so there you go. A woman is a, a person in potential to motherhood. Well, the person who can't square that out, who can't see reality, by the way, it's it's in every you know dimorphic species. It works that way. A person who can't square that out. We now actually have an exhibit, exhibit A of where there's a break between their between reality and their perception of reality. Right? So we actually have a basis for how. And now when we see the anger and the reaction, I mean. Couldn't we say that there's a paranoia against conspiracy? By the way, conspiracy is just collaboration. So right. is there a paranoia against any forms of collaboration that take place? Well, yeah. And, but now I'm not trying to prove paranoia. I'm saying that this break in their reality is obviously going to condition a lot of discombobulation with a lot of things. Right. 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 And so that's one, one thought that I, I think is interesting to me. I, I, the gotchas never work on them because they don't care. But for, for saner heads trying to make their way through it, it is kind of valuable to hold in the back of one's mind that um, there are real markers of insanity 
taking place. And then, by the way, let's just get to the statistics on diagnose, self diagnose. I mean, people literally going to a doctor to get a diagnosis for mental disorder, yeah. mental disease, and and the the rates for those who have a, a leftist worldview versus those who or, have God. Or more, speci- or more specifically, non-binary. Oh yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. The more specific you get in their tenants. The more the you get to mar- you, the, the closer you get to the, the 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 closer you get to the apex of their marginalized identities. Yes, the more mental health issues there are. More mental, absolutely. Well, they're trying, absolutely. but their their immediate scapegoat is the mental health condition. By it's because way, we're being marginalized. But by the way, by the way, Royce, let's also look at this. Uh, you have, there's a self marginalization in it, but you've it? had you had a vocal and um, public. Um, Revelation of your, you know, revelation of your anxiety to people. You've publicly uh, spoken mm-hmm. about your your um, inner your your deals, your condition with anxiety in your life, mm-hmm. and you have seen. I can say this as your friend, so you don't have to say it yourself. Try and jinx anything, but you have seen your rates of anxiety go like this as you have come into more contact with reality. Mm-hmm. As you and, and by the way, that has aligned with a political movement toward believing in God and spiritual, yeah, spiritual, right? right. The, sort of a, a, the the spiritual movement toward believing belief in God in more tangible and demonstrable ways, and a political philosophy that more aligns with that. And you have seen your anxiety rates, yeah, the, absolutely. The, in the, well, the and I'll, I'll give you, and we're talking, we're talking, yes, years, in a couple years, a couple. I mean, years, not a couple, but and less, but but d- several finish, years. And we're talking years. when I was close friends with you. 15 years ago, this was a regular occurrence. Uh, and the number of times where you would have to go to the, the ER was through the roof. So so actually, you're even uh, a point in fact case of how the antidote to that illness yes. is to come in contact with reality. Yes. And by the way, I'm the same way because of my marijuana habit, which isn't a drug addiction, which is a symptom of mental illness. And when I pulled that out and not even hadn't even fully pulled it out, the intense depression, as my worldview aligned with reality and submitted yeah. to reality, yeah. it's there's no drugs, there's no medication. I don't even take vitamins. Yeah, and I'm not trying to, you know, but I'm saying there's literally nothing, and the stability of it is 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 evident and demonstrable, right? And, 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 so, and, and absolutely. And then when I think about being a young a young man or a, a teenager, um, even even my my uh, you know my my casual desires or, or uh, what I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Imagination of what I wanted to be was completely and utterly out of control. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. like, totally you know, at 20, yeah, at, mine too. Mine too. Yeah, 20 years old, you know, I fought the NBA and it was about policy. So there was a grounding in that yeah, yeah. that made everything very local. But in my, you know, in my, in my heart of hearts, in my eyes, you know, my, in my, in my, uh, you know, third eye or whatever, you know, this, this aspiration of who yeah. I wanted to be, this, it was, it was always like this world traveling business yeah. accomplished prestigious magnet yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. kind of well, i remember it the ideals for corporations and all these yeah, things yeah, yeah. And, just just a just a, a serial entrepreneur it was and really what it no, was i mean it was to be tony stark it, every every guy every young man wants to be tony stark yeah yeah and and what's funny about it is it really is a metropolitan globalist yeah. worldview. Yes, yeah, and the yeah. and the lack of boundaries around one's own yeah. ambitions. Yes, and the more it got shrunk to the point where now it's like, oh, the only antidote to that type of anxiety is community-based, conservative yeah. Christian nationalism yes. Yes. with borders. 
with with reasonable with, with real roots with real <laughs> common sense with an identity with airtight airtight logic on things you single out virtue. contradictions yeah. cannot cannot survive in a in a healthy psyche yes or or we shall say you cannot have a, a healthy psyche where contradictions exist especially where they're conscious too. and i and i, I bring oh, that into man. it i bring that into it just to say when i look at some of these people when I look at some of these people who are detractors who will pull out the the picture of me saying investigate Maui and go, look, this is who this person is, enough said. Like yeah. as if investigating a place where that was just on fire, where American citizens died, yeah, yeah. that that's somehow wrong. I mean, we should investigate it just for the, the, resp- the a, response at it. When a house burns down, they send, the, they send the forensic fire unit what to figure out what, what happened. Okay, so when I but when I look at these people and I go look into these people because I like to do yeah. that, see what I'm dealing with. Often it's exactly what I would would pre 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 assume. Um, always anime, always he him his they them theirs pronouns. Always pronouns. Yeah. Always their political identity. Always uh, um, uh, this this uh, reposting or this infatuation with technology. Or, or the ability to be able to travel the world, you know, pretty, pretty scenic views of 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 some type of hotel resort with with a pretty ocean view, right. and you know, most of the time there's something sexual in, in nature as well. I mean, there's a psychology brewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a psychology that's being fostered in this type of person right. who rejects that there is actual conspiracy. And really, what I want to say to these right. people is the biggest conspiracy that you're not seeing. Isn't about Maui. It's not about the fact that direct yeah. energy weapons are no, there. No. It's not. It's not about Donald Trump's indictment. The biggest conspiracy is the psychological trip they're running on you and all the yeah, no, echo the biggest, chamber mates. The biggest conspiracy. That's the real. Yes. I mean, that's the conspiracy against rights. No, no. The big. Yeah. The <laughs> biggest. The biggest conspiracy is the revolt against nature, that's taken hold in our society. The, the revolt against reality. Mm. So take take nature up. Revolt against reality. Mm. That is the biggest conspiracy, and they're they're uh, right there spearheading it. They're in the thick of it, yeah. you know, locked arms with everyone else in their in their conspiracy to revolt against reality. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I hope that that person just piece by piece can come more in contact with reality because it's not as scary as people make it out to yeah. seem, buddy. And saving grace for having me. someone. Yep, having someone write uh, an article about you. Should you be? Um, you know, popular enough that they would write an article about because they're not going to write an article about me, you know. But um, <laughs> right. should you be in that category? Trust me, it's okay. It, you'll it, be all right. It's not that you'll wounded. Be, yeah, you'll be all right. It's, you know, and that's another. That's and it doesn't really deter the action, and it doesn't. No. It doesn't really make you start, you no. know, seeing images. No, but that's a, that's another. That's, a, that's another great point that you that you. That's another great point because it's another thing I can see is I can see the anxiety from people who write those articles of how afraid they would be that somebody would write those about them. Like you can tell they're trying to project their own fear of being scrutinized yeah. and their scrutiny yeah, yeah, yeah. of you. And then people who read them using it as a verifiable, uh, a, a, you know, a, a verification that whatever they think is, is, is true. When really you guys just are, you know, and I, I want to say this before we go, what makes Donald Trump a great leader? Okay. What makes any leader a great leader, including Donald Trump, is their ability to accept rejection. 
Right. And this was his failing. This was his failing in the first. This was actually the failing. But but no, but in no, one way. Yes. It, no, I mean, once he got, I mean, the, 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 the locus of where he's failed most, especially when he was president, was trying to court those who had rejected to him. That's yes. the locus of his greatest failure. And yes. it's actually pretty severe. But the great, the locus of his greatest strength is when he powers on despite rejection. And so, of course, for him, it's there. It's at both ends. And so, yeah, there's a process. It, it doesn't always have to come the same way. It doesn't have to come with the person who will push back against uh, or, or will, will disregard rejection will also court it on the other side. It's not automatic. That is, um, you know, again, Trump in, in one place having the – it's the war within himself going no on. No doubt. That no. wasn't fought early and often enough in his life. Right. Where he could have gotten to a place where he's in his 70s, and now it's like, no, man, I really don't care about rejection. And if you put me in the the, the presidency, um, I'm going to continue to not care about rejection. Yeah. And I'm going to go for what I think is is right and true. But yeah, it, yeah. It, but no, I think you're spot on. I, I would say that at a at a at a in a more specific political sense, he had failings around dealing with rejection. And, yeah. and, and criticism and, and, and that. And just wanting to court those who rejected him. And not even those that rejected him, but those who he would hopefully be able to rely upon who actually at a spiritual level rejected him, who he couldn't really tell rejected him at first yeah, because yeah. he has a tr- trouble dealing with that rejection. Yeah, yeah. But but at a, at a broader metaphysical level, for him to even enter into politics and go against what he went oh, against yeah. in the first place was a huge sign that he – was willing to accept rejection. Oh yeah, yeah. There, it's 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 a it's a, a paradox because in one place his courage was so great, and then in the next place, and and we'd actually the way we square this is that temporally, it goes like this: he has these periods of profound courage, mm-hmm. and then he has periods of profound encourage. Well, I, I think, but, well, but just, for somebody, just think about well, you, wanting you, to be affirmed. If you think about Donald Trump, and let's just be honest, they want to paint him as a radical right wing extremist, but yeah, really, right. he's a Democrat. Yeah, he's like no, maybe no, no, a little right of center. No, I mean literally, historically, he was a Democrat. Right now, and they moved right. the overtipping windows. I don't even think he's right of center. He's like right of far left. He over over time. The left, the power structure, the political apparatus moved the Overton window so far left, he naturally became right of center. And, 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 yeah. and, and then, and then uh, away from the political spectrum, just to tell the truth makes you an extremist. Right. So he's a truth-telling extremist who's just right of center. But my point about, yeah. my yeah. Point about him is, 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 is this. Um, they, they, they've gone out of their way to make him seem like a right-wing extremist. But in all reality... In all reality, he really is somebody who for for all intents and purposes, he he it's it's not it's not that he wanted to be like in, in my opinion. It's that he comes from a generation that sees um political success only coming through one means. And that one means being that a person's popularity grows enough for them to be in power, and then they can they can convince a big enough majority, which is a very democratic view, a big enough majority to follow them and their leadership. That's the, that's the modus operandi he comes from. And it's a bunch of these conservatives that used to be Kennedy Democrats, and their whole thing is about you know, popular demand and popular consensus. That's where his desire to be liked came from, from, from the people around him once he got in. Because going in, he knew he had to be a trailblazer. But once he got in, he's like, 
how am I going to change anything if I can't cut a deal with any of these people? He's a deal maker. Right. And the way deals work and business works and success is you have to have collaboration. We're at a time now in this country where it's, we might have to go a little more radical than that. It's and it's but it's let's go let's go one step further because we have talked about this at length personally, privately. Um, Donald Trump is someone who has great instincts. It's like any athlete who has great instincts, any artist that has great instincts, mm-hmm. any writer that has great instincts. Mm-hmm. If you do not perfect your craft along with it, eventually, not only will those instincts start to not bear the same fruits, they they will leave you vulnerable to to gaps and failings. So put it this way, Trump has good instincts, but if someone is doing a subtle long con from the inside against him, if you don't have principles very, very airtight, you're not going to be able to see and adjust to it all along the way. There's going to be so many things that just in the, the course of a day and a week and a month, you have to let bounce off you because of the the constraints of time no that doubt. slowly this is going to magnify if your if the instinct never converts to sort of conscious principles understanding and so that's that's his i mean the the thing is is that the people who have been schooled in the art of politics in this day and age bring with it so much junk that their instincts get totally withered away and gone yep. right so his value was that he didn't have that form yeah. of political that, formation. That political training. Yes. Yeah. But but what he but what ended up harming him is he also didn't have a sort of spiritual, philosophical, metaphysical uh principle formation where now he could endure harnessing those instincts along the way. And so there it just slowly creeps in more subtly and over time to dismantle it. And um yeah, I mean that's it, like like we said, any great basketball player, even if they maybe have more talent than someone else who can ride on more of it, they're still, as they, as they grow in their craft, if they are to grow in it, there's a harnessing yeah. of what they can do. And if it's not there, then they do start to get exposed, and it does and it does flame out for them. So I think, I think, I I really think that that's the best explanation yeah. for for tracking what we saw that the the instincts. Very much on point. See, the skill work that you do is meant to is meant to refine and bolster the instincts, so they actually become even more creative, more exact, yeah, yeah. more, I more um, to the point. I think our conversations, Darper. yeah, I think our conversations demonstrate that we don't have to move away from the points. We can dive more clearly into the into the points, and so I think from there, then it it, it again the instinct is actually benefited by it, and so. The benefit uh, of competition. What? What? Yep. What Big happened with his? Yeah, his instinct had to get shifted and de- degraded because it, he didn't have the the cultivation, just the the discipline there to bolster it. Mm. And so then the instinct is like tempered. And so Trump in 2019 is not Trump of 2015. And he is under the guise that well maybe I'm just progressing. I'm trying to make deals. I'm moving forward. But but the ebb and flow. But, reality, but yeah. But, fang, but the ebb and flow. Now remember. Correct. Now he's back on now, the upturn. Exactly. So yeah. if we look at, at his arc, it's like, okay, so now, if, and now he realizes, and so now he's back and there's the rejuvenated, the revitalized instinct now with more precision and practice. So there's no doubt a second term, he would handle more shrewdly than a first term. No doubt. But that's also the question why, is, that's also, that's also why the effort then increases because they go the Like you said, the real danger is not his, uh, you know, right of left, <laughs> not even right of center, right of left political views, it's his calling out their false reality. Yes. 
That is the real danger. Absolutely. That's the thing that threatens them. That's the thing that psychologically threatens those people individually and collectively. You can see the desperate reaction. It's and, almost it's yep. like a it's like a it's like a a leap of a, a leap of desperation. On yes. the they're willing to they're willing to look corrupt in front of the people who Absolutely. they say. I mean, they have no problems. This whole eight hundred year thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just go away, dispense with every yeah. resemblance of 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 uh, of honor and, and truth yeah. and justice yeah, yeah. or all the things they say they're fighting yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just whatever. And finally, I want to yeah, say yeah. With, with Donald Trump here, we're not saying this to, to, to as an indictment of Donald Trump. Right. Me, what yeah. I'm saying it for is this. This go around, there are a lot of little rhino cuck motherfuckers hanging around Donald Trump the first go around. This go around, they better be very, very afraid because this go around, there's people like me that weren't around in 2016. Right. There, there's people like me that weren't involved in 2016 that are now coming up the six machine gunning. Right. And, and, and this time, I think Donald Trump's going to be more receptive to letting people like me and, and the others yeah. around, the, around the country be the ones who are close to him. And then he can have that team of 30 pipe hitters. Right. He right. can have that team of 500 shock troops right. and the people that he hires there in the, in the cabinet and the administration when he gets in power, if they let him. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is, is yeah, he may have had failings the first go around yeah, yeah. letting people around him, but this go around the team that he creates, Ooh, and boy, now, you better yep. watch out. And it's going to be murder's row yeah. of, of hitters. But now you can see why their 800-year sentence, though disproportionate to any common sense, is actually proportionate to their fear. Absolutely. It's very – actually, if anything, they probably think it's tempered in relation to their fear. <laughs> oh, they'd love to just roll they in think, and kill them. Yeah, they think that – They don't want to do – they don't yeah. trial. Yeah, exactly. So prison, they think, let's just kill this exactly. guy. Exactly. Their, their caliber for what would be proportionate to their fear of what could come with that would be far greater. Yeah. World War Three. Yeah. Well, it, well, and they're willing to go to World War Three. That's right. And maybe so, they're willing to release another pandemic. We don't know what the, it, where, how far they're willing because, to go. Yeah, it's because that fear. This is just the the, fear the, the people, them. and I want people to try and understand the stratification of 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 deep state government. If I could put it together in a, in a nutshell, you know, when we're talking about Maui and and direct energy weapons, we're talking about the highest level of advanced technology and weapons. Okay, we're talking about a, a very uh, a very a, a very small scientific elite and their corporate collaborators the the money the money changers people who fund that type of scientific research so that's one layer and when we, when you talk about um you know a war in the Ukraine and that that type of military industrial complex the business of war you're talking about another layer down when you're talking about political corrupt political congressional senatorial or, or district attorneys or judges, this is another layer down. And all three layers are working on things at the same time. This is just a bunch of, the, the, the indictments are a bunch of unarticulate, unintelligent goombas yeah. using the only straws they have, the only weapons they have to go after a man the only way they can. The only way the Congress and Senate and this sort of political elite can go after Donald Trump is through lawfare, yeah. right? It, 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 but there's there are other other layers of the corruption that we should be worried about as well. And we don't know the level of desperation they'll show at that layer. Right. 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 So, I, think, I think that's a good closing note. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, AJ Barker, thanks for being yeah, here again, man. We'll dive into UFOs and aliens the next time you're here. Cause I want to sit here, your take. Uh, we appreciate it, brother. And as always, Godspeed. Thanks for having me.